Episode 82, The Rant. Keith Willis, former baller from getting buckets to transitioning to an elite PSAL basketball official. Coming from Brooklyn and coming to Queens, Keith is comfortable officiating in the belly of the beast, the public school athletic league in New York. In this pod, we discuss how he played at a high level, how he discovered officiating, and breaking it down on how he's getting to the highest level in officiating. All that and more, my conversation with Keith, now. The rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah. Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land, code REFEREERANT. The Rant has been brought to you by the revolutionary product for referees and all professionals alike, Neat Tucks. What the tuck? Traditional shirt stays have been tried and true, but never accounted for those professionals that have shorts as uniforms. What do you do when you officiate soccer or lacrosse or even basketball in the summer? Don't forget about baseball umpires, too. Enter Neat Tucks, which come in style and active versions. Don't get it twisted. You can even wear them at your 9 to 5, too. Listeners of The Rant can visit neattux.com and enter the coupon code REFEREERANT, one word, and receive 20% off your initial order. That's REFEREERANT, one word. Happy tucking. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a special, special guest from, from Brooklyn, but we're currently in Queens, his, his new residence. Uh, PSAL official, elite PSAL official, Keith Willis. What's good, bro? What's up, man? How's everything going? So, Such a pleasure to meet you, man. Such a pleasure to meet you. I heard so many good things about you. Been checking out your, your uh, interviews since you started, and it's a pleasure to be here. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Listen, My man, expect um, the unexpected. Yeah, and, you know, before, before I welcome you to the show, um, I've heard a lot of great things about you. Um, I've had the pleasure to be welcomed in open arms to board 119. Um, and, you know, just meeting all the PSAL guys, I kind of just know who and who and, and what's what just from talking to guys. And, you know, somebody who spoke highly of you was Jalal Kuis, as well as Rob Moses. So welcome to the show, man. Pleasure to be here. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, what sports did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school? What did you play in high school? What did you play in college? Being from the city... Growing up in Brooklyn, I strictly pretty much played basketball, basketball, basketball. Went to spring, summer, fall. Didn't play football. I was skinny. My mother wouldn't let me play football. Mm. Baseball, uh, dabbled at it a little bit. But I just clinged to basketball. I loved it, so that's what I did. Mm. Did you end up playing in high school? I played in high school at uh, Paul Robeson High School in uh, Brooklyn, New York, uh, 2001, 2002, we made it to the PSAL City Finals, played at Madison Square Garden. How was that? Crazy, dope experience. We took two L's. We lost to Grady the first year, Lincoln the second year. So Who was on them teams? The Grady team had um, 
former NBA player Quincy Doobie. He played on that team. Todd Goody, Woody Surfant. The Lincoln team had Sebastian was a sophomore. I think he he caught his first one. Caught it against us. But he was still sophomore. getting buckets, right? Yo, he he still played well. He still played well. He it didn't matter. He just played. Yeah, NBA talent. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old they are. Yeah, so we lost to them in 2002, so we went back-to-back. And then uh, in college, I played uh, at Holyoke Community College for one year. First team or conference or region. Then I went over to Division II Dowling College out in Oakdale, Long Island. Okay. Played played three years. Now defunct? Now defunct. You know my homie, um, Shay? Shay Franklin? I do, I do. That's my homie. I do, my, I think... She got there my junior year. She might have been a freshman. Yeah. She's trying to get up to the uh, referee ranks, but I met her at an, at an adult league in uh, Long Island. Crunch time. No, nah, no, nah, not crunch time. She was playing at Island Garden. Like, just she was women's playing? League. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, what you doing? Like, and she's like, come on, ref, call that foul. I'm like, yo, don't, don't, don't start talking to me like that. And then she becomes a ref. And it's like, what are you doing? So, yeah, she's yeah, coming up the, the ranks. Homie. That's definitely the homie. Um. Who was your favorite team growing up, and what position did you play? And how how good were you? Obviously, you played collegiately. So um, my favorite professional team growing up was um, Chicago Bulls until uh, Penny and Shaq got to Orlando. Mm. Then I, I was a Magic's fan. I loved them. They were a good team. They were. Um, I played guard, like always played on the wing. I never played in the post. I've been pretty much six two. Since since the ninth grade, I'm probably the same height I was. I didn't grow much. So I was always on the wing, always was able to shoot, always was able to f- slash. I didn't dominate the ball or nothing like that, but I was able to get buckets. I had my share of 20, 30-point games. Mm. So I never played at that level, um, college, and I definitely didn't play Madison Square Garden in high school. But... I will say that you know once you have that feel and, and you've played that, then you meet a lot of refs and you meet a lot of probably serious refs that you weren't looking serious at the time, where they're doing the PSAL chip game or, you know, now they're doing a division That's three, division two game. What was your perception of referees when you were going through the whole circuit? When I was going through the circuit, I actually thought that the refs were against us every game. That's just the mentality that like our coach had in our head, like. These refs ain't going to do you no favor, so they're you got to... They're not going to give you nothing, so just go hard. Go hard, go hard, go hard. So I've I've never been, like, thrown out of a game. I've never had a bunch of texts called to me, like, throughout, like, my playing days, because I didn't really... If the ref blew the whistle, so that's what it was, I might, you know, oh, I didn't touch him, but whatever. I can't dwell on it, because I don't want to get teched out. I want to play. I got to get buckets. If, mm. I'm, if I'm teched out, I can't score. So... Um, after you went to college and now you're kind of in the real world being a young man um, trying to get your footing through the professional life um, what was your relationship with basketball especially since you've been playing all this time and then it kind of just prematurely ends were, were you trying to go overseas were you trying to continue your career somewhere well after after college I kind of finished my senior season with a broken hand so I didn't play like the last the second half of the season. Actually. So you knew this was it for you? I didn't think it was it, but if it was it, I was okay with that mm. because I felt like, you know, it got me through college. Everything that I thought it was going to be able to do, basketball did for me. So if 
So if I wasn't going to play on a like a high level or get paid to play, then I figure something else out. Mm. You know Jackie? Uh, what's her name? Jackie Lucas. Jackie Lucas. <sighs> Her Jimmy was wet. Her Jimmy was wet. She used to date one of my friends, and she was like, "Oh, I go to Dowling." I remember she played one time, and I'm like, "You can't play." And yo, Jimmy was so wet. And now she's like on News Twelve. I was just about to say that <laughs> she's um, when I was when I was still at Dowling, she had just started a job at News Twelve. We used to literally change the channel in the dorm. Room and you're like, "Oh wait, her. yo, I, like, she's on the Jackie, <laughs> Yeah, I want to say Jackie's number was ten at Dowling, if I'm not mistaken, ten or eleven. Her traps were off the hook back then. The way she was shooting. <laughs> She looked like she was rowing the whole time. That's crazy how you just, you know. Small world. Man. I just think that this podcast is crazy. Like, here I am, like, never met you, hole in the wall. I see you in the picture. This leads to this. And, like, Jackie Walton, Shay Franklin. Who knew you went to school in Long Island? Like, that's just. I lived in Long Island, bro, until uh, 2007. I moved back to Brooklyn. Mm. But Where I, in Long Island? I lived, in, I lived in Brentwood on 2nd Avenue across oh, yeah. from. I'm a Nashville boy. That's, that's still weird, too. Oh, so that's still weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Nassau. all Suffolk. That's, that's, don't that's, mix. Yeah, well, Brentwood don't got sidewalks. Like, that's just weird. Like, if, if you're going to be in the suburbs. The grass. That's a fact. If, if you're going to be in the suburbs, wouldn't you want to have a sidewalk? Like, that's just how I feel. But that's, I don't know. Suffolk's all right, too, now. <laughs> um, so, I think when, when you start mixing that up and, and you think about your relationship with referees before and how you played and then you broke your hand and, um, you know, what got you the bug? Because... Time and time again, I always hear people stumble upon refereeing. I actually did stumble upon it. I was, um, when I was in college, prior to my senior year, one of our assistant coaches has a, a basketball camp, like a team camp, and he has it out at Stony Brook. So, in order for him to save money, he hires the players, he hires us to ref the games. So, we're refing the games, and at the same time, there's like a a referee camp going on on the other courts. Like a real one. Like a real one. Like a real one that <clears throat> me and you know now. Correct. But you know, didn't know what that was. I didn't know what it was then. You I, just thought it was weird. I just thought it was just like kids. They were playing and they was refs. So I didn't pay much attention to it. But then they kept, like after each game, like the refs, they kept huddling up, huddling up, huddling up. So I'm, I'm sitting there and I went up to one of the refs that I was familiar with that did the college games. So I'm asking him, I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Like, how you doing? How's everything? He's like, he's like, I'm at camp right now. I'm like, camp? He's like, yeah, I'm trying to move up to Division One. I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what the camp was for at the time. So I'm like, wow. So I'm like, how do you become a referee? So he's like, just whatever you, town you live in, borough you live in, find the local board. They're going to give a test every year. They probably have a class. He just gave me, like, bits and pieces, not like the real shebang call this person and do do that do this this and that but it was just like had me interested in it fast forward a bunch of years later <laughs> from college till adulthood i started an apprenticeship in the electrician union um, i already know where this is going or in barfield and um <clears throat> between orin and jay well uh bill bill riley all these guys are also electricians that ref. So I happened to be on the same job with Bill Riley. He gave me some information. I looked up some information and I found John Colson. And he's like, type in referee and boom, John Colson name pops up. And he gave me my first like legit opportunity to ref a basketball game. Mm. 
and let's get into that first experience refereeing basketball game because John Colson, if 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 you do listen to the rant, he's very famous for baptism by fire. That's his. That's his. That's what he does. So let's talk about your first experience and the first <clears throat> baptism by fire, John Colson game. The first baptism by fire uh, happened. Uh, I want to say the Kangaroo Classic. He um he calls me because I was living in Crown Heights at the time, not too far from Boys and Girls High School in Brooklyn. And he's like, "What you doing?" I'm like, "I'm not doing nothing. I'm you know hanging out, chilling." He's like, "Why don't you come down?" to boys and girls watch the games and I remember from class him always telling us to you know always have your stuff with you because you never know somebody might twist the ankle somebody might this might happen somebody might call you and say uh, pull up to a game and watch because you're going to be doing the real watching <laughs> exactly so I get there we watch I believe the girls game was going on first and then uh the next game started, whoever was the third person hadn't arrived yet, was running late, running late. He's like, he looks over at me. He's like, you ready? Got your stuff? I'm looking at him like, yeah, I got my stuff. That's that, like, yeah, the, like the roller coaster <laughs> with the G-Force. Like, like, I'm down. I don't really want to do it, but uh, all right, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so we go into the locker room. I change. Your heart pumping right now? My heart was pumping. Getting anxious because this is a this is a, a double A team, and at that point you've never done you don't know anything about patient whistle you don't know point, nothing of at that point I had done some wreck stuff for John but at that point that was like a real game and and in, in, in my mind like as real as it gets like that was a high school non league season opening basketball tournament that. I used to play in actually when I was in high school. I played. Oh, in so you knew the magnitude so of what it was. I knew what kind of crowd it was going to be. I, I was just like, uh, okay, yeah, let's do it. Long story short, I ended up ended up having a a fairly good game. I didn't blow anything that I couldn't explain, and it ended up being a blowout. So I didn't have to. wasn't that much pressure. The pressure got relieved. Relieved. I had some good partners with me. I want to say I think Jughead was was on the game with me at that time, if I'm not mistaken. But it all worked out, and from there, it was another fire and another fire until you get comfortable in the fire. Then you like the then you seek the fire. Seek the fire exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So do you think that's what crystallized in your mind to start taking it as serious as you can possibly be? Probably once I once I got certified and started doing the actual PSEL league games is when I realized that um, this is not only fun but I'm I'm good at it and if I take it serious, there's no telling how far I can you know get in it. It's, it's a very it's a very lonely business, but it's also a business where you where you have where you meet. A lot of different people. Mm. You meet a lot of different people who can either give you the right information, or they can give you the wrong information. So now you know what not to do. Mm. Or you could see the wrong information, or you could see the right information. And at the same time, I think we could also parse that out and say that's right information for you. That's right information for me. Absolutely. That might not be information for me because. I'm not going to relate to a 6'5 former Division One women's basketball player when I'm in the game. 
I just know how to do it as a short Filipino guy from Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what's really cool, too, is that, you know, one thing that we have super similar is obviously we're both basketball referees. But one thing that where we diverge, but where we're about to be similar is that, you know, I'm ringing in the Catholic League and you're ringing in something that we call the public school athletic league. The PSAR, the belly of the beast. And I want to talk about that belly of the beast. And it's arguably, arguably the, the best league in the country. And it also could be, bar none, probably the, the largest one, right? And I do believe that it is possibly the largest league in the city as far as public schools are concerned. So talk about just your experience about just, you know, setting a scene of driving all different boroughs and, and what craziness that you could probably experience from the locker room to the table to the atmosphere and to the gameplay itself. Well, the, over the over the last two years or so, the PSAL has gotten a lot better at, you know, housing the refs prior to the game. Like, back in the days, I've heard stories. It never happened to me, but I heard stories about, you know, they throw you in a broom closet, here, get dressed, go ref. Broom closet might be cold. Broom closet might only have room just for you. Your partner may have to wait till you're done. Damn. <laughs> but for, for the for the most part, I only uh, referee my games in Brooklyn or Queens. Mm. I don't the Manhattan and Bronx. They have their own asana. I get my games from uh, Bremer. So mine's are either in Brooklyn or Queens, and you want to get there on time. You want to get a good pregame in with your partner. And you want to talk about your last game. Talk about anything you might have experienced, anything you might have seen in your last game that may have, that may be relatable, you know, for this game. Mm. Definitely want to get a good pre pregame in. That was, that's very important because you want to be on the same page with your partner. No matter if it's a JV, varsity, A, B, double A. If you, and your, if you and your partner ain't on the same page, the coaches can tell. That's a fact. They can tell. That's a fact. And, you know, somebody just pulled up, um, had a first, I guess, taste of games with me, a PSAL-type game beat. You know, I always say this, like, you know what's crazy about PSAL? They see what they do on TV, they copy and paste it, even if they're not ready for the move. They have no fear in trying it. It's not about perfection. It's about just like, let's do it in a game. That's what I love about PSAL basketball because they might not be ready for the game, but they're definitely going to try it in the game. They're definitely going to try it in the game. You see a little bit of see a little bit of everything in the game. You think, oh, that guy's not going to shoot that three. He shot that three. Hmm. And you're like, this guy's no busy. He got no mechanics of shooting it correctly, but he got that footwork down pat, though. <laughs> he, got that, he saw that hard and double step back. He's going to try it. Mm. Then when you call the walk on them, they're looking at you like, Harden did it all the time. Mm -hmm. Man, amazingly, some of the kids, they I guess because they play like 2K so much, because I don't even think they watch the NBA, to be completely honest with you. I just that. believe that they play 2K because they'll scream, that's eight seconds, ref. That's eight seconds. You've been playing high school basketball for two years, and you don't know that as... I know, you know. I feel bad. I'm like, well, you're, you're, the, you're still the student. You know that, right? <laughs> like, your family. So you, so you just look at him like, mm. yeah, he's a 2K kid. Mm. He, That's funny. He's a 2K kid. Um, <laughs> speaking of 2K kids, the summer was filled with 2K kids. 
um, at the parks, especially New York versus New York. And I think what's amazing of just starting referee rant and me following all the different venues, you know, EBC, West West Forest, Hoop in the, Hoops in the Sun, Dykeman. You just see these crowds just crazy. So, you know, just talk about New York versus New York this summer, what it's meant to you and how much has grown from the last previous two seasons. Well, it keeps this game bigger and bigger. Uh, last year they had Kyrie Irving come out to one of the parks and debut one of his uh, sneakers. This year they mm. had the Greek Freak come out to Lincoln Park and debut his Coming to America. Like, Were you there? I was there. <laughs> I was literally standing like right next to him. He's, he's definitely 6'11". <laughs> He's definitely six eleven. He would have dominated everybody in the building. Uh, easily. Yeah. Easily. He deserved every piece of the MVP he got. Hmm. So, but New York, New York, man, the 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 atmosphere, the energy, the crowd, the 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 players is super intense. It's probably one of the the most intense high school games in the summertime that you can that you can be a part of as a referee mm. because the pace is just like back and forth. It's like the elite of the elite athletes in yeah. the city. So unless they want to slow the game down, the game is not slowing down. So you better have your running shoes on because you're going to be sprinting from oh, yeah. baseline to trail, back to lead, back to trail. You're going to be going back and then... Before you know it, you're going to look, and it's going to be fourth quarter. Mm. And then you get to catch your breath. <laughs> Word. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like hosting a party. Because when you ref, you're like, you're so deeply entrenched and you care about so many different things that you can't control. It really feels like you're hosting a party. But then when you're done, it's like a, a runner's high. Like, it's I like can't believe party I did over. that game. Yeah, it's like, already? You know? Crazy. What was your favorite moment so far? Um, well, what was your favorite moment this summer? In New York versus New York, um, my favorite moment was probably the, the Lincoln Park, the Coming to America themed Greek Freak game with um, who the game I had was it was Lincoln Park versus uh, you was on the game West Fourth yeah I was on that Lit. game. The scoreboard went out. They no the the clock went out so we didn't have the clock. They were doing the clock from a phone. We had to keep playing. They were down, then they were up, then they were down, and then they threw an alley and then they caught the alley, dunked it, game over. Wow. West fourth wins. Creek Freak saw all that? He left Oh, he left already. Yeah, he left already. Damn, he, he, he sounded like he, he left in the third quarter. Sound like Hove already, huh? <laughs> yeah, had to get out of here. He probably, you know, had the another in store. True. He probably went to Kith. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned John Colson. What other mentors do you have? List them if if any. Um, and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people after you? Um, I mean, besides Colson, who, like I said, gave me my first games, I have um, Brema, Tonya Brema. The, he he, I met him at a he had a, he used to have a camp at the Gaucho's gym, and ever since that day. He just always um, stayed on me about, you know, being sharp, being prepared, being ready for the moment, appreciate the moment, enjoy the moment, be stern, don't take no shit. You can curse on your podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I wasn't sure. <laughs> We're good. But, um, so, um, yeah, we, we have 
like I said, Bremer. We have um, Terry Gilbert, who introduced me to the pro game, brought me down to Pro City, had me do EBC, had me do um, a few other pro venues. That's a different animal in itself. 1,000. That's definitely a different animal in itself. But um, we got uh, Heather, who's going to tell it to you like it is, and then tell you she loves you when she's done. But while she's telling you what the hell you was doing wrong, she's not going to sugarcoat it or not going, you know, try to try to downplay the mistake or whatever it is that she saw that she wants you to fix. Because ultimately, it's up to you to fix it. She, mm. she, they can only tell you what you know what they saw from their point of view. And it, and then I got guys like who 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 are my peers who we push each other like guys like Jalal like Jay. We're constantly on each other about rules and different and interpreting rules and trying to all have one rule with one interpretation instead of having one rule with several mm. different interpretations. Simplifying interpretations. You know, whatever it says in the book, that's the rule. Let's stop adding our two cents in. Let's stop, you know, paraphrasing what is a rule. If he steps over the line... He steps over the line. It's a violation. That's it. You can't say, well, he stepped over the line, but he wore a size 11, so he wasn't really over the line. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was the tip, and the tip (laughs) comes up a little, right? Right, (laughs) Because he had the Aladdin shoes on. You know, so one rule, one interpretation, and that's, that's the wave that we've been on, and we've just been pushing each other to be... Better at your <laughs> next game than you were at your last game. Because mm. your last game's over. You can only get better. You don't want to go backwards. And you really don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want to level out either. So when you when you if, when you feel like you're leveling out, now you got to reach for something else. You got to find something else that motivates you. A new motivation within you know the referee business. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you think it's helped you? I guess. How does it shape the way you've helped other people that have been after you, like, that are just starting out, if you just saw them? Um, I just try to pass on the information that was given to me. If the information I retained, like, because, you know, you get a lot of information, some you retain, some is just blah, blah, blah. Some are jewels. So whatever thing, anything that I felt like I was a jewel, if I'm working with somebody that I know is just starting or, you know, trying to earn their stripes... I give them the jewel. Like, listen, that call would look a lot better if you were standing here instead of there. Mm. And then you sometimes you got to show them or remind them of a play that was similar to their play mm. and see if they even remember it because that's it's like muscle memory. When you first start reffing, you don't remember plays. That's... And and going back to Heather for one second, that's one of the things that her Bermuda there they on you about when they have their conversation with you about the game that you just finished. You about, better memorize your own plays. Like, how do I you know about know your, your play, play? You don't even know. You better know your plays and what time your plays happen. I'm kind of scared to talk to both of them. <laughs> I don't even know them, and I'm scared. <laughs> that foul happened at 4:20. I remember. But when you first start out, you're not thinking like that. It's a thinking man's game. You got to think the whole game. And once you start thinking the game through, you become a better ref. Mm. That's good advice right there. Um, what are your plans for the rest of the summer now that New York versus New York is winded down and we're only two months out from the PSAL and 
and all the school seasons? Uh, to be completely honest, I'm I'm just gonna rest my body. Might do some games here and there, but I'm not I'm not gonna take on like a full day of refing on a Saturday, a full day of refing on a Sunday. I want to spend some time with my son. He's four. School's about to start back. Probably take a more like a little vacation somewhere somewhere close, like Split Splash, Sesame Place or something. Because once that season get rolling, once once November hit, it's game time. It's game time. Ball is that first one go up. Like the Kangaroo Classic is usually like like that's like the kickoff of like the season. Like once that tournament happens, we're in full swing. I gotta talk to whoever runs it. I should call it the um, Baptism by Fire Open for, <laughs> for the new refs. <laughs> if you could officiate um, any other sport, what would it be? If I could officiate any other sport, um, it would probably be lacrosse or volleyball. You can get that that lacrosse work in Long Island. You know that, right? I do know that. <laughs> I do know that. Dallin actually had a really good lacrosse team while I was there, so I... You peeped it. You were like, what is this? Yo, I'm from Brooklyn, and we don't even... Robeson didn't even have a field in Crown Heights. So when I got to Long Island and saw these kids running around throwing a ball with these sticks, I'm like, yeah, I would be nice at that. Like, I wanted to learn how to play. Yeah, but, especially when they do, like, behind the back and all that. But that's one of those sports where you got to learn that as a kid. You can't come in there 20 years old trying to be a lacrosse player. You could be a referee, though. But you can be a referee, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk off air. I'm trying to be a, a, a girls lacrosse official. And I'm a boys official. And... You know, I always say this, NCLOA, the Nassau Board for Men's Lacrosse mm-hmm. is bar none the best association that I've ever been in. We have like 20 Division One referees, eight of them have done the national championships, and nice. you know how Rucker Park is crazy out here? Kaniac, the lacrosse league out there, is like the stars among stars, so like, I respect lacrosse. That'd be cool. We'll talk off air about that. Absolutely. Um you know, after everything that you said, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are in this moment in time as a basketball official? Uh, it took, um, definitely took confidence, self-confidence. You've got to be confident in yourself and your abilities. It took um, a little bit of luck, like anything else, being in the right place at the right time don't hurt. And it just took some, and, and someone has to take a liking to you, man. Someone someone has to sometimes put you under their wing and be like, yo, listen, this is how you do this. This is how you get better at this. Or this is who you should talk to. Or you need to meet this person. Mm. Or, you know, and put and put you in a position to, to network and to grow. Because you can pass the referee test on Monday and not get a game ever. Just because you pass the test, that means absolutely nothing. It means that you know at least... 85% of the rules in the rule book, it, it does mean that. But if you don't have a, a, a network around you that has access to these basketball games, then you're like a rapper with no deal. You're just, <laughs> just rapping. You were YouTuber with two views. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I think we're very... I definitely consider you my peer. We're probably around the same age and all that. Um, we are. Um but I think we're always kind of in a weird moment because once you start getting serious in this game, you want to go as far as you can and you revere the people that were before you. Mm-hmm. 
But then it comes to a moment where people after you are like bigging you up, like, I ain't accomplished nothing. And you kind of grapple with that position because like, I never saw myself at that position because I was always like Mike Tyson out of jail. I want the belt. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would ever attain the belt. And there's many belts out here, but the belt that I'm really talking about is like, when do you think you started, you felt like you belong, when you felt like you had a seat at the table, when you felt as though, wow, somebody calls me a mentor now. And feeling comfortable with it, too. I haven't had nobody go as far as calling me a a, a mentor or anything like that. But people ask you for information. But people do, you know, ask for information. And I don't know, maybe... Probably within the last year, man, I just, because like you said before, I was on my own grind, so I wasn't even really looking back, like, you know what I mean? I would glance back to see who back there, but I wasn't really, like, focused on who was back there. I was trying to see how, what maneuvers, what moves I needed to make to position myself to where I needed to, to get as, as many quality games as I possibly, you know, could. But then, at the same time, you... While you're doing these games, you're not always going to work with somebody you know. Mm. You're going to work with somebody that is also getting a shot, just like you getting your shot. Sometimes you're both going to be together. Mm. Sometimes it might be together one of three-person games. So it's a, a vet vet, a person who's been doing it for maybe five to seven years, and a person who's only been doing it for three years. Or y'all, y'all got to figure this out together. So now you kind of, because... A lot of time it'd be because, like you said, it'd be sometimes it's age or similarities. So you start talking to each other more. You start mingling each other more. You exchange numbers. Now, you're bouncing questions, bouncing rules off each other. Still sharp and still. I think that's what the saying is, right? Yeah. So I feel like the only way we can continue to get better or the way I got better is just challenging myself challenging other refs and you know just the back and forth of it the competitiveness of the business once it starts once it becomes less than a hobby once it becomes more than a hobby and it gets competitive I like mm-hmm. that part the me rec, too the rec stuff is cool the rec stuff is cool I like doing the rec I like doing the summer stuff but I like when it gets competitive mm. I feel you I really feel you um Having said that, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go in officiating? I mean, my my goal is to get into college on some level. That The, the highest level would be great. But I know you got to start somewhere. So I want to try to get into, you know, the, the local JUCOs, then probably D3s and, you know, see what happens from there. But I'm going to give myself a shot. I'm not going, I'm not going to just... Uh, wait to, and think that someone's going to come find me. You got to go out and you got to put yourself out there. You got to put yourself in these venues at these camps in the summertime to be seen. You got to ref in other leagues other than, you know, just the PSAL. You got to you got to broaden your horizon. What are the immediate steps that you're going to take this upcoming season? This upcoming season, I'm uh, I'm going to I'm going to try out for Catholic. I'm uh, my schedule finally opened up enough when I'm done with my, I know, electrician responsibilities as far as school and things that I had to do prior to this season. So that's when I'm finally all opened up with that. So I'm going to try to do Catholic. And then after that, then 
I'm gonna see what, what what happens with that, and then right into the camps. Once April, May come around, right into camp season, I'm gonna have a strong summer camps, and you know, see what happens mm. over the next two, three summers while I'm while I'm still you know young enough to pursue this dream. Mm. I got good news and bad news with the Catholic League for you. The good news is you'll fit right in. Do some really good games together. Bad news is we can't be looking scruffy the way we're looking right now. You go with that? I'm 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 good with that actually. Once once November comes, I shave right. and I'm clean cut from November. But there's no shave November. You're gonna you're gonna miss uh, all of those. I, I miss all of that. Every, great every Instagram year. photo ops. So from November to my last game this past season was March 29th. So from November to March 29th, I had you know no beard. It's very hurtful. But March 30th, beard on. It t- but it takes me so long. It, I'm Asian. Like if I grew this all out. No joke. You remember that that old guy in um, the Golden Child? Yeah. Not the little kid, because no, I look like him as a kid. But <laughs> if I grew my beard out, I would look like um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Kill Bill, the, the girl's uh, trainer. Like that's my beard. Listen. So you, you, you're you're blessed. It just it just comes out. But yeah. that ingrown life, I'm not. Uh. I I haven't had that problem. I've always why because you use bevel by Nas? No, I don't know. It, it's just. If it gets a certain length, it becomes a problem. Then I'm like, I got to cut this off. Like right now, it's like low. No, it's it's low. I, I really thought it was gonna be. Uh, I gotta kill witnesses because freeze beard. Normally, it's a lot bigger. But I had I had this little issue with the barber. You know, sometimes they keep cutting it lower and lower and lower. And I was like, oh, I don't like the way that looked. Plus, I know I only got a couple more, a month or so more of beard life. And so you're just gonna grow it out for a little bit. Yeah, just for a little bit. Yeah, me just too. Me too. Um, what is the most stickiest situation that you've ever been as a player, and what has been your most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a basketball official? Uh, as a player, let me see. I believe probably St. Francis College. St. Francis College, my, I want to say my senior year, we were playing, we were playing Lincoln, and... Um, I want to say we were we were probably losing the whole game. We were losing the whole game. They came out and um, they were really kicking our ass. But it was a crazy physical game. I think I think Bashy had a blackout during that game. Gary Irvin, my point guard, he had a knot on his head. Guys were scratched up, and at some point I ended up actually that was the only game I ever got ejected from. At some point I ended up getting. A tech in the first half from the refs from the refs from the ref for for doing something or saying something might have been like a taunting tech I believe so now in the second half I'm guarding I'm guarding Sebastian I'm I'm standing right next to him at half court they're about to put the ball in play this is the first play of the half I'm standing directly in front of him you're not scared scared I've known this kid since he was he's a little boy yeah. yeah so at the time like you know so I'm we're just having regular conversations like me and you hacking I'm we're, I'm probably telling him we're gonna bust your ass he's probably saying we're gonna bust your ass so I'm trying to tell him we're gonna come back whatever we were talking about I don't even remember what we were saying at that time but he just flat out falls on the floor throws his hands up and screams out ah falls on the floor straight acting it falls out like I killed him and I didn't even touch him so the ref looks 
boom, gives me a tech. That's my second tech of the game. Throws me out the game. And Sebastian is on the floor looking up at me, laughing his ass off. Because he knows I didn't touch him. I didn't, we were just talking. Oh but I was God. so close to him that the ref couldn't see really what was going on. So that was probably the, like the most like heartbreaking situation that I had ever been in. It was like, if I'm going to get thrown out the game, I want to earn my ejection. You know what I mean? I don't want to just get thrown out because he he was a good actor that day. Bastard. You ever work with that ref? Um, the crazy thing is, to this day, I don't even remember who that ref was. Better off. Yeah, Better off. I don't even remember who he was. But if I did, I definitely would have brought it to his attention. Like, yeah, you remember 2002? You're like, yeah, that was me. About, it was uh, start of the third quarter. No time had even ran off the clock. I'd have had to break it down in referee vocab form. Like, you know. Damn. <laughs> you're, you're still finding Forrester, I see. <laughs> okay. What is the most sticky situation that you've ever had as, a, as an official? Uh, as an official, the stickiest situation has probably... The stickiest situations usually happen in the games where the, the kids are the least talented. Because in the ta- when the kids are talented, they just want to play. They, just, they go up and down. They do their thing. You go home for the most part. It'd be the youth leagues where the parents are going crazy. The coaches aren't really coaching the kids. They just paid forty dollars to yell at you for an hour. But I'm in I'm in Springfield, Mass, doing some AAU stuff, and um, for whatever reason. The team from Springfield, their parents were sitting on the opposite bench behind the other team's players and vice versa. So the parents are saying whatever they're saying about the kids, both teams. So long story short, at some point during the third quarter, I'm refing the game. I'm doing my count, my 10-second backcourt count. I, I look through my peripheral vision. I see two parents in the crowd fighting. Getting it on. Getting it on. Went from two parents to three parents to five parents to ten parents. So we just like, stop. Then the kids started running off the court. It was just like, as a ref, like, what do you do? Do you stop the game? Do you tell keep the kids on the court? Do you call for help? I, mean, I think you just go to the Hall of Fame and just call it a day. <laughs> just make a day out of it. Might as well. Might as well. But, yeah, that was like one of the... At that point, I had never, like, experienced nothing like that. It was mm-hmm. like, this is, I'm reffing the game, and the people who are here supposed to be supporting their, their kids can't even get along for an hour to watch a basketball game, which is ultimately just, like, at that age, is, is just a game. How did that game end? The, 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 what they did was the organizers of the event, which will remain nameless, the organizers of the event... They put the parents where they should have put them in the first place. Mm. They put this team parents behind their bench and that team parents behind their bench. So they weren't. There was no cross talking. Mm. You finished the game. They let one team leave the gym first. Then they let the other team leave the gym. Keep everything separate. Which you shouldn't even have to do a lot at uh, again youth basketball game. Not sixteen U, but like ten U, eleven U game. Yeah. Doesn't it make you feel like you're going to be such a better parent from witnessing all this? You know, sometimes I'll see, and this always happens to me, you got the coach that you know, and he'd be working like he's trying to get these kids better. Meanwhile, the parents are literally telling them everything opposite. Meanwhile, the kid's going, (laughs) 
Yo, who do I believe, my dad or my coach? Well, I'm going to get in trouble by my dad, so I better listen to my dad. Uh-huh. And the coach is like, yo, you giving me money to coach your kid. Mm-hmm. And you told me you wouldn't meddle when here you are acting crazy. So now when I watch my son do whatever he do, I'm going to let him fail on his own, man. Then that's, we'll talk about it later. That's it. We'll talk about it later. But you, you can't have, you know, a head coach of a youth team saying one thing and then, the, you know, the parent saying something that contradicts what the coach's, you know, philosophy is. If you want to be a coach, Pops, then grab you up, grab your son and a couple other kids and do your own thing. Mm. All it takes is time, energy, and some money. If you got the time, the energy, and the money, then you could do this yourself. And you don't have to take your kid from team to team to team because you think that the coach isn't doing what you think he should be doing. You could play your son the whole game. Mm-hmm. Word. That's what I would do. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, that's probably what I am going through with my son. Like, ah, no, nah, he's not playing for you. I'm going to have my own team. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be a future referee problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final question I have for you, what, describe the best moment that you ever had as a basketball player and then What's been your best, most satisfying, best accomplishment as a basketball official so far? Um, as a basketball player, although we lost playing in the Garden two years in a row was 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 big. I'm probably going to never play in the Garden again. Might rough in the Garden, but I'm never going to play in the Garden again. Um, in college, making all conference, making all region, those were those were big highlights. Of my, you know. You that, could, that you, led me to believe that I was pretty good. You, you could know. dunk? Uh, dunk, man. I could do a few dunks, man. 360. Few dunks. Mil, you, know, you could do a things. few dunks. A couple dunks. That would be an accomplishment for me in my life. <laughs> I, I can do like the, like barely palm it and, and do the little. Oh, yeah? Like I, like the throw in? Yeah. I, grab I, tennis rim? ball, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. As a referee, as an official, anytime, anytime you do a league, your ultimate goal is to get a playoff game. So I can say that each year that I've been a PSA referee, I've gotten a better playoff game each year. Incrementally. Every single That's crazy how Bremen knows, like, all right, this is where Keith's at, and this is the game that he deserves. Like, that's so cool that somebody has, like, the memory of an elephant and rewards you for your hard work. Yeah, man, I mean, he... They got the Zerbas who come out and watch games. You don't even know when they're there most of the time because yeah. they don't come at the start of the game. They come somewhere in the middle of the game. They come watch a quarter or two. And by the time you see them, they're leaving. And so you don't know what they saw. And you're like, oh, damn, I don't even remember what I was doing. <laughs> Hope I was doing something correct. That's a fact. But uh, So, yeah, that's probably been my most rewarding, just knowing that the work that I'm putting in is being, you know, recognized and I'm being, you know, given opportunities based off of the work that I'm putting in. Mm. That, you know, no one's, you know, just giving me, handing me the keys to any car or anything. Yeah. Everything that I'm, you know, given, I feel like I'm putting in the work and mm-hmm. I earn it. I guarantee so, now, now that I know you, we'll probably do four games in school games together. That's exactly how it's going to be. Isn't that's that how it always works? You meet somebody and you're like, they just continue to keep popping up in your life. <laughs> I'm going to get the schedule, email, ah, again. Again, because yeah. that's how he, you know, Zebra Web is the site that he uses to send you games. So, you definitely, definitely want to um, update your availability at oh, all yeah. times. Oh yeah, that's like a, a pet peeve of probably every assigner. Mm. Yeah, availability is not up to date, and I give you a game and you have to give it back. 
No. Yeah, but it happens, man. It happens. It happens. Life happens. They all know. Life. Yeah. We human. We got kids. We got families. We got cars that could break down. We got. We live in New York City. That we can freaking have a blackout again. We can have a blackout. Anything could happen. Yo, that last blackout. I think it was like in two thousand three, like the crazy one. Yo, they were playing paintball in the park, and I was there, and I was like, yo, I need to be out. <laughs> man, I saw some crazy stuff. I was living in Brooklyn in two thousand three. I had actually. It was the summertime, so I was home from school for the summer break, like from college, and everything just, you saw the street lights go out, you saw the TV stop working. Yeah. If my mother wasn't, you know, old school, and she had a, a battery radio in the crib, we wouldn't even know what was going on. No, no. I don't know if that could happen now. We I had think. to go to get some double D stuff. <laughs> we definitely got to talk from now, man. But yo, I'm really happy I got you on wax. Um, this has been great. Really great to hear these stories, man. And, you know, I appreciate your support for Referee Rant. Um, I think this is going to be special for you. I need some pictures from you for the website. But do you have any final words you want to say before we part ways? Um, definitely. Definitely come out to the, to, the, to the barbecue. It's August 31st, Prospect Park. Referees. If you're, if you're a referee, then you know the spot we meet at every, every summer. Now I got to publish this soon. <laughs> Got to get it out there. Got to definitely get it out there. But if you don't, you know, just edit that part out. All right. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. But any other final words you want to say before we part with? Just thank you, man. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. I look forward to working with you on whatever level we can work on in the future, whether it be as referees, whether it be in the other business ventures that you mm. have going on. Word. Like, listen... Your friend of a friend is a friend of mine. Word, word. And the enemy of my enemy is my friend as well. But that's <laughs> getting a little too nerdy. But for Keith Willis, this is Ralph the Breath. This is The Rant. We're signing out. Peace.